Hello, happy people, and welcome back to another episode of 65 and Counting. I'm your host, Adam Fry. I'm a certified Medicare planner, and I'm here to ask the important questions that you want answered by industry professionals. This show is for everyone and anyone coming up on that important milestone of 65 years old. That means retirement, it means Medicare eligibility, or it means that you're just plain interested in the world of retirement planning. Whatever it is, on this show, you'll hear from the people that know it best. Welcome back, everyone. I've got an exciting episode for you today. Mr. David Edge is coming back on the show to read February's American Retirement Advisor newsletter. Now, you might already be getting it in your email or in your mailbox, but now you get to watch it live. So without any further delay, let's bring Mr. Edge on the show to read the newsletter. Welcome to the reading of the American Retirement Advisor newsletter. This is for February 2021. This is volume 21, issue two. On the front page, we have an article by David P. Schaefer. February already. Hmm. Where does the time go? Blink and another year is gone. I can't wait for the virus to be a thing of the past. Mask free and moving forward. I know, I know, not yet, but I'm hopeful and optimistic. By the time you read this, new presidential administration will be in office, their agenda will be moving to the 100-day race to make an impact. Some things change, some things never change. We're human, that's our condition. What's next? My, client, my guess is calm will take place. The rhetoric will subside and the new normal will slowly take over. The news media will find a new villain to focus their attention on. Half the country will remain happy with their political victory. The other half will regroup and make a run in two and four years with their new crop of candidates. As for us, we'll keep on keeping on helping clients in their retirement journey. In Arizona, Nevada, and Texas, many things are open and thriving. We eat lunch out every day, outside only. No bragging about the great southwestern weather to our clients in the frozen areas of the country. I'm back at the gym, outside only. We are planning vacations again, driving and staying in an RV. The only not-so-normal thing is meeting with clients virtually. Perhaps a politician will reenact the FCC law from 1949 called the Fairness Doctrine. This is what required broadcasters to present two sides of a controversial subject. The goal was a fair and balanced presentation on the facts so that we could make our own decisions. Obviously, updates would be required for the ways in which we receive our information these days. It would be great to watch the news again without the agendas and the rhetoric. I'm open to debate, aren't you? I would like facts presented, verified, and then we can weigh what we heard and decide. One can hope. The next article on the front page is Feel the Love by David Edge. It's February, and traditionally, this is the month of Valentine's where we send our loved ones flowers, candy, and cards with hearts and cupids on them. Do you feel the love yet? Different countries celebrate Valentine's Day in different ways and on different days than in the USA. Just a few examples. Argentina celebrates Valentine's with a week of sweetness in July where couples exchange chocolate sweets. Japan celebrates with women buying gifts of chocolate for their man on February 14th. The man can't return the gift until after March 14th on a day called White Day. Brazil has Lover's Day, or rather Dia dos Namorados, 
In addition to lovers' exchanges of chocolate, cards, and flowers, it's also a big celebration day with huge family dinners. Depending on where you are in the United Kingdom, there are several different traditions, such as in Wales, where lovers exchange hand-carved wooden spoons. Norfolk, where we have Jack Valentine delivering gifts to children. And in other areas of jolly old England, young women place five bay leaves on their pillows so they can dream about a future husband. Bulgaria Valentine's, or San Trifon Zartan, is celebrated as a day of winemakers where couples, young and old, celebrate each other with a glass of wine. France is where many believe the whole card exchange tradition started when Charles, the Duke of Orleans, sent love letters to his wife from his prison cell. And in the village of Valentine, France, many believe it to be the epicenter of Valentine's Day, where the town is beautifully decorated with cards and flowers, and many couples mark the day with marriage proposals. If you're not feeling the love yet, you make something happen. Reach out to loved ones with a phone call, flowers, or a card. Something to let folks know that they are thought about and you cared enough to let them know. Happy Valentine's. Our next article is our Safety and Health article of the month, and it's written by Sharon Colbert Groves. So this month, Sharon's going to talk about health hazards of sitting too much. We all know that sitting too much can be bad for our health. This is especially true in these exceptional times. I wrote about the same thing about three and a half years ago, but it's now more applicable than ever. Whether we're staying at home due to the pandemic because of our retirement, or even if we're still working, we tend to sit in front of the TV or at our workspaces for more than eight hours a day. What happens to us when we sit too much? Is it really so bad since we've basically worked all of our lives? When we are sedentary, we sit for a long time, everything slows down, including our bodily functions and even our brains. Our muscles weaken and deteriorate. Our posture worsens, worsens and our spine compresses. When our muscles are moving or engaged, remember, our heart is a muscle, fresh blood and oxygen is pumped throughout our entire bodies. This keeps our mind stimulated, focused, and promotes healthy bodily functions. Even amidst the pandemic, CDC and doctors advise us to exercise daily. Prolonged sitting has been linked to high blood pressure and elevated cholesterol, as well as increased risk for colon, breast, and endometrial cancers. One theory is excess insulin encourages damaging cell growth. Regular movement boosts antioxidants that kill cell-damaging and cancer-causing free radicals. But when our muscles aren't moving, they don't respond to insulin, and then the pancreas ends up producing more insulin. This can possibly lead to diabetes. Sitting for more than eight hours a day has also been associated with a 90% increased risk of type 2 diabetes. Muscle degeneration and back problems are another byproduct of excessive sitting. When we move, soft discs between our vertebrae expand and contract like sponges, soaking up fresh blood and nutrients. When we sit too long, discs are squashed unevenly and collagen hardens around tendons and ligaments. So, what can we do? sit less and move more. Examples are maybe standing while talking on the phone or even when you eat lunch, go for a walk during work breaks, or even if it's just up and down the hallway. If you work at a desk, try standing at a desk or simply improvising with a high table or countertop. Every 10 to 15 minutes, get up and move or walk around. Stretching exercises help greatly. Bend over, touch your toes, do some arm circles and rotate your shoulders backward. 
set regular alarms on your phone as a reminder to stand up, stretch, and decrease your sitting time. According to Peak Fitness, getting up and walking around for just two minutes every hour increased their lifespan by 33% compared to those who did not. The advice is twofold. Stand up a minimum of once an hour plus get at least 30 minutes of activity in a day. Lifting that coffee cup or that glass for a, 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 a glass of wine for a sip does not constitute exercise. Laugh out loud on that one. Please remember to drink plenty of water and stay hydrated. Oh, that's excellent advice, Sharon. Thank you. Our next article, Why Am I Me? by David Edge. Close Encounters. Hmm. If you ask someone if they ever have had a close encounter, they'll probably want to know more specifics about your question. Close encounter with what, they may ask. But whatever close encounter you've had in your life and how you reacted makes you, you. Your close encounter may have been with an unexpected chance meeting with a wild animal, a close call with a traffic accident, or maybe you dodged a medical issue that potentially could have been a life or death situation. But in that moment, you reacted either with fear, panic, or anxiety. Lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Have you had a close encounter with Mother Nature? I've had a few since I'm an avid hiker, horseback rider, and camper. Everything from venomous snakes, bears, large game animals, and even a mountain lion. I can tell you, on several of those occasions, my blood pressure was up. When I was young and camping with some teenage friends, we decided to hike to an open area so we could stargaze and pick out the constellations. There was no moon, and it was pitch black. Three or four of the guys had flashlights, but I'd left mine at home. We came to a fence that bordered a large pasture, and it offered a great view of the stars. As we stood for several minutes, we were quietly talking and pointing out different things we recognized in the beautiful night sky. Suddenly, we hear thundering hoofs and the snorting of a large animal. As I turned toward the noise, I stood frozen instinctively facing whatever was coming toward us. I had no idea what it was because everyone had turned off their flashlights to stargaze. Panic filled me as it got closer and closer, but I didn't move away from the fence thinking it would stop whatever was coming. As it came closer and closer, it came to a stop just in front of me on the other side of the barricade. While I could not see it, I inhaled what must have been a dirt cloud and the overwhelming smell of a bull. After I finally found my voice, I asked if someone could turn on a flashlight. There was no answer. I finally hear off in the distance the other guys calling my name. David! David! They had left me standing by the fence all alone within a few feet of an exceptionally large, annoyed bull. The next day, we had a good laugh at the terror we experienced the night before, and while I was annoyed they left me in the dark, I learned a lesson and I never forgot to pack my own flashlight. So what was your experience? Who were you with, and more importantly, how did you react? I hope it was a temporary situation and had no long-lasting negative effect. But whatever your experience was, it made you, you. Make sure you have no panic or fear of what to do with retirement issues. Got questions? Call us. We can help. Okay, our next article of the month is going to be a financial tip from Mark Fry. Better Year Greetings. As the writing of this article, all of 2021 issues have still not been resolved. So as of now, 
we're still sitting in a conservative portfolio. So let's talk about health as it relates to money. Over the past 34 years, I have protected hundreds of portfolios from the possibility of a huge medical and long-term care bills as well as funeral expenses. Yes, I know, nobody wants to talk about this stuff, but it's prudent to do so. A long-term care policy can cover nursing home costs as well as assisted living facilities. If you want to try to stay home and receive care in your own surroundings, they'll even cover that. We decide on these plans the same way we do everything else that being as a fiduciary for you. We calculate what your needs are and run your information through our software with all the companies that offer long-term care plans in your area. Then we choose the most appropriate fit for you. What's that? You don't want to pay another monthly premium? No worries. There are companies that created products that you deposit one lump sum and grow the asset while covering you for a potential long-term care stay. Some even have tax-free death benefit to cover funeral expenses and more. The key is to custom tailor your plan to your needs and budget. This is something that I have found is not the usual methodology used by brokers and insurance agents. They usually find a product in a company that they like and present the same thing to everyone. Don't let them do that. Make them show you everything that's available and run a side-by-side -side analysis so you know you are choosing wisely. In my opinion, you should make sure that your plan has an extraordinarily long home health care benefit. With COVID, I want to stay home and receive my care there, if possible. Questions? Please feel free to call our office. Your advisor is well-versed and experienced with this topic and is ready to help. Cheers! Our next article is by Laura Lee Drummond, Medicare at Work. February is not only a time for hearts, chocolates, and groundhogs, but it's also the perfect month to gush over things we love. And I love what our team does. Yep, simply put, we help increase the superpowers of human resources teams and reduce the Medicare stress for employees retiring. What's not to love about that? HR teams do a lot. They wear many hats. Staffing, development, compensation, safety and health, and employee and labor relations. Those are a lot of roles, so surely they must have some superpowers managing all those activities. How do we help increase their superpowers? One of the best things we do is to let them focus on the things that they do best and let us provide expert help when employees have questions about Medicare. They partner with us so they don't have to spend time researching Medicare answers. We also provide access to our educational workshops to help them learn more about Medicare and better assist in providing simple guidance to employees. Access to experts and education help them increase their powers while taking Medicare worries off their plates. This is a wonderful advantage to their employees, too. Do you know of an HR professional who would like to increase their superpowers? How about sharing their contact information with me? We're here to help guide employees and employers in clearing up the confusion of Medicare. Thanks, Laura. And you guys, reach out there if you know an HR professional and let us help. We'll be happy to talk to them and provide workshops and all kinds of information. So give us a call. Our next article is by Tammy Simler, The Medicare Moment. 99% of folks on Medicare will not experience this. Know your provider's Medicare status. We've heard horror stories from clients that have had Medicare and Medigap plan about getting large bills for services received from providers that do either do not participate in Medicare 
or have opted out of Medicare or have withdrawn from Medicare entirely. Understanding how Medicare contracts with providers will keep you from falling into this trap. There's four things, participating, non-participating, opt-out, and non-enrolled, withdrawn, excluded. There are three types of medical providers recognized by Medicare, and one type that is not participating, non-participating, opt-out, and non-enrolled or withdrawal excluded. Participating providers accept Medicare assignment, meaning they accept Medicare's payment rate and they must submit the claim to Medicare on your behalf. For example, if a physician bills $150 for a service, but Medicare allows only $100 for that service, the provider will reduce their bill to be the $100. Medicare will pay 80%, which equals $80 if you've met your Part B deductible, and then 20% or $20 will be automatically sent to your Medigap company for payment, leaving you with no payment responsibility, and that's for Medigap Plan G or F. If you're using a non-participating provider, that means they do not accept Medicare assignment, payment rates, and they may ask for full payment from you for the services provided, and you would then have to file a claim for reimbursement from Medicare. Medicare pays these providers 95% of their fee schedule amount, and these providers can bill you 15% more than Medicare's approved amount. Ultimately, that leaves 20% in excess charges that would be paid by your Medigap plan, again, plan G or F leaving you with no payment responsibility, providing you admit your Part B deductible. Now, if you're seeing a provider that has opted out of Medicare, Medicare will not pay for any services you receive from that provider, except in emergencies, regardless of who bills Medicare for the services. Providers who have opted out can still order tests, home health care services, and provide orders for durable medical equipment, and Medicare will pay for those things as the Medicare approved rates from participating service providers. If a provider has withdrawn or been excluded from Medicare program entirely, Medicare will not pay for any services provided or anything ordered, test equipment, etc., for you by that provider. Not understanding your provider status can lead to very large bills dropping into your mailbox. For example, if your provider has withdrawn and they send you to an MRI, the imaging center will bill Medicare and the claim will be denied by both Medicare and your Medigap plan, leaving you with a bill for some $3,000 or more. dollars. Providers are required to inform you of their status prior to providing services. You can search for a provider's status on Medicare.gov. There are two different search tools. One shows if a provider is participating or non-participating, and one shows if they've opted out. If you don't find them listed at all, chances are they have not enrolled in a Medicare or have withdrawn or been excluded from the program. If in doubt, talk it out before receiving services from your medical provider. Thanks, Tammy. That cleared that up. Okay, our next article is the success story of the month, written by David Edge. Lost? No, stolen. Stan was the victim of a break-in at his home, and unfortunately, the thief took his wallet that he had left on the dresser. After calling the police and filing a report, he now had to take stock of what was missing. Oh no, he exclaimed as he realized his wallet was missing. Now he had the ordeal of replacing his driver's license, credit cards, social security, or Medicare cards. Calling his credit card company was an easy fix to cancel existing cards and have them mail out new replacement cards. 
Getting a new driver's license was going to be a hassle due to reduced hours at his local DMV office, but he had no idea how to replace his Social Security and Medicare card. His wife reminded him to call American Retirement Advisors and that we'll have the answer. Our client care team answered the phone with the usual opening line, how can we help? Stan filled us on on what happened and we proceeded to outline his options. One, you can call Social Security at 800-772-1213 and request replacement cards. The only hassle is the long hold times that sometimes keep you on hold for one to two hours before you actually speak to a human. You can also go online and visit www.ssa.gov. After selecting the login option, you enter your name and password, and the system will ask you to send a verification code. They will call or text the code to whichever phone number is on your file. After you enter the code, the next page will offer services. 3. Select Replacement Documents. Here you can ask for a Social Security card replacement or a Medicare card replacement. Keep in mind that it can take up to 90 days to receive your new cards. You can print a new Medicare card from the website. Stan was grateful for the quick and direct answers to his dilemma and could not believe how easy it was. If only replacing my driver's license was this easy, he exclaimed. So when you have questions about Social Security, Medicare, or retirement financial planning, call us. We can help. Wow, what a great episode. Thanks, Mr. Edge, for coming on and reading the newsletter. And thank you, everyone, for watching. Now, don't forget to like this video, follow our page, and most importantly, share it with all your friends. And as always, everyone, have a great week.